Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're excited to be here again today talking about this isn't what I came into therapy for. <laughs> if you have been a client and you've been in therapy and maybe you started it, this probably would be like, I don't know, five, four, five, six, seven sessions in kind of probably something early on. You're still kind of getting to know the person a little bit, but you've got to know them a bit. They know your story and maybe your therapist is starting to focus on something that you're like, well, okay, but that's not really what I really wanted to talk about, but you seem to really want to hone in on that or focus on it. But that's not why you came to therapy for. And if you're a therapist and somebody comes in and they're talking about like, um, oh, yeah, like I just I, I don't know how to pick out my clothes in the morning, but also I drink at night, <laughs> like, like, so six, I don't know where my clothes are. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> are these even clothes? I can't tell. I'm so wasted. Um, let's talk about your alcohol problem. That's a really common one where somebody might come in with uh, a certain issue and a therapist might focus on the drinking, the substance use issue or whatever. Um, and so this is a problem that'll happen. That's like a conflict, so to speak, between the client and the therapist, because one person thinks that they should be talking about one thing and the other person is like, no, we really need to be dealing with this other issue or some of these other issues. So it's like, well, what the heck do you do about that? So. Welcome to the episode. This is going to be a juicy one, I think. Nathan, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what, what what's really going on from the beginning? Like, why do people come in and have this experience of like, well, this isn't what I came to therapy for? Like, what's actually happening? And before I answer that question, Heron, I would like all of our lovely listeners to go over to the Apple Store, the Apple Podcast, and just click like. Likey, 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 likey. That was five likeys. And if there's no likey, then just click the stars. <laughs> yeah. All of the stars. We just got to remind you because uh, we need uh, we need the stars, man. That's the bottom line. Without reviews, the, the podcast doesn't get noticed. But here's the thing. Like, it's getting noticed still. People come in all the time and are like, oh, my gosh, I heard about you guys and, you know, whatever. And I've heard this and this is really awesome. One guy told me last week. Where was this at 10 years ago when I was ruining my life? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we wanted to have some some credibility. You've ruined your life and now we're speaking to it. <laughs> right. So and then I and then but there I know a lot of this, too, actually, is because they're use people use different apps than that. So I get it. Like that guy, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll make sure you leave a review. He goes, well, I'm on Spotify. So they don't really have that thing anyway. So for what it's worth, if you can do it, do a solid. Um and I've lost my train. Set me up so <laughs> when people, why, why do people have this conflict? They want to come in to work on issue A, but instead the therapist is telling them to go to the Apple podcast store to review <laughs> our podcast. I'm like, that's not what I came into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> Does that happen? Yeah. Probably. Probably. But the real issue is like, I came in for issue A, but my therapist is t wants to talk about issue B. Like, why is that even happening? 
one thing I will say right off the bat is this is um, this is an issue that younger therapists really need to pay attention to because um, a lot of times when you're a younger therapist, you, you really don't think you know anything. You don't, and you kind of think everybody, everything's like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like common, a lot more common than it actually is. So you can assume that when the client comes in and says, oh, I want to work on this X, Y, Z, what we look at as therapists is we look at this intake, right? We look at all this information that you've given us. You've clearly said on this intake at some point, if the, if the intake's an, a normal standard one, what do you want to work on? Um, you've answered that question. As therapists, though, we're looking at the entire intake and we can see like, oh, I know why you're asking that question. It's because of these things over here. And so um, younger therapists may just jump to that. And I'm not not just younger therapists, but may just jump over to that and uh, whatever the that is that they're seeing. And you have to tie this stuff together for the client because they, they don't know what the heck you're talking about. Um, and for you, it is the same thing, but for them, it's definitely not the same thing. Yeah. And I think also I would throw in maybe a category of, uh, seasoned therapists who maybe are overconfident. Uh, I know I've heard from some clients that have worked with previous therapists and these therapists seem, they come across, they're described, I guess, as being kind of like self-proclaimed experts. They know what they're doing They're It's kind of like, they're sort of impatient with people uh, and it's kind of like, oh, I know what your issue is. It's this over here. And the, and they might be right, but also they're kind of being, it comes across as being disrespectful to the client, to what they are aware of, and maybe even for their process, because the whole therapy process is a journey. And somebody might come in saying, here's what I want to work on. And yeah, it's, it might be true that you've got some of these other issues over here that are like the real culprits, but you don't necessarily know that. Right. You're not there yet. If you're the client, you're like, no, I want to work on issue A. This is what is going on and what's on fire from my vantage point. And if the therapist is overconfident, they're like, well, no, actually, your issue is B. We need to be working on that because, you know, the British therapists here in Portland are so many. <laughs> the groany British, <laughs> British therapist. Like they're getting ready. <laughs> so it's like. When, when they're overconfident, I think they're wanting to like jump right to it instead of allowing the client to be in their own process and walking that journey with you from where you think you're at, like A, issue A, over to, okay, let's start there and let's see how that connects with issue B, kind of like what you were saying with the younger therapist. Yeah, I had a person come in recently and um, I had no, well, actually, actually, this isn't that recently, I'm old. It was like last year. That's still recent, right? Anyway, he was saying that, and by the way, I had no idea this was happening. And this does happen, by the way, more often than I think we think, where they're seeing multiple therapists, right? Like, because it's, they're newer, they're like, they're, it's almost, they're going through a wise consumer interview process that as a therapist, you don't even know you're a part of, you're not, you don't even know you're getting interviewed. He comes in this next session and he's like, yeah, I really liked that last, the way I think we're going to handle it. So I, um, I'm not going to go with the other person that I was thinking about. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Wait, what other person? I thought we were exclusive. <laughs> right. I thought this meant something to you. <laughs> With the music in the background. Right. And so, but he was saying, and I thought this was really interesting because it speaks to what you were just saying there. Is he goes, well, the therapist said like, well, obviously that I had these anxiety issues and I need to be willing to talk about this thing, whatever the thing was. And 
um, the client was like, I don't see the point. Like, I don't see why you're saying to do that. And then when he said to the therapist that he's decided to go a different direction, the therapist uh, apparently said something like, oh, yeah, well, I really hope that works for you. Like, it was really kind of this sarcastic, like, and he goes, I think the bigger issue for you right now is to deal with the anxiety you have in the room with me. And and actually went as far up like wow. So all it did is confirm to this to this person like I that's what I was thinking like I was not going to do this, and um, he he outright the therapist outright told the client apparently that um, they're focused on the wrong thing, and the treatment and what we were going to do internal family systems. Um, likely won't be helpful at all, but he can go waste his time if he wants. Wow, this is what the person actually said. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, that was like, but that's kind of a big highlight to, I mean, that's a really bad one, but it made me think, I mean, the arrogance in that situation is incredible. And that therapist, um, I don't know them, I've heard of them. Um, they've been doing this for a while. So yeah, that idea of the seasoned therapist is like, I've got this totally under control and you need to do my program. It's only 10 weeks, but it will change your life, my friend. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. It reminds me of the episode we recorded uh, a few weeks ago, number 99. You can be right, but you won't win hearts. Like even in that situation, let's say that the seasoned therapist is dead on. Like let's say that's the exact issue. What's the result, though? Right. The, the therapist said this is your real issue. Is the client looking at that issue? Is the client more curious about it, more open to it, wanting to face those things and deal with it? No, absolutely not. In fact, they're probably will have an aversion to that. You know, if they're working with you, you know, even months down the road, you're like, um, oh, it sounds like you had some anxiety over here and maybe a little bit of anxiety in the room with me. Like, you know, like you've got a good relationship with them, but you can say that maybe the the client at that point is like, whoa, red flag. This happened with that last guy. No, no, I don't want to go back there. They might have some internal resistance now to the issue that they actually need to work on simply because you didn't give them space to go through that that process and walk through them on that journey to get there. Because remember, it's the same idea. Like if you're a therapist, I guess this is for for therapists, uh, this this point here. If you're a therapist and you see something going on in somebody, there are a couple of ways you can handle it. One is you can say it and point it out to them and basically do the work for them and say, here's your issue. This is what's going on. That's fine. And that's helpful. But another way you can do that is to kind of allude to or point to some of the things that are going on and allow the client to connect the dots themselves and walk themselves from dot to dot to dot toward that point B that you're trying to show them connects. But in that process, it's much slower and you're giving the client the freedom uh, to do this on their own, of their own volition. And you're allowing them to engage their own curiosity about themselves. And so then when they arrive, they're like, oh, wow, I never saw this before, right? It's they've gotten there because they've decided they want to go there instead of I shoved your face in this. <laughs> right. It's kind of like what happened in this other case. But it's going to be slower. And that's hard for therapists sometimes because we want to help people get from point A to point B. But we got to realize that clients, you it's a process. It's going to take more time than we sometimes have patience for. Yeah, the thing that's, um, I don't know, that whole thing is in a lot of ways that story I gave is sad because it's like, this is kind of the 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 things that people hope is not true for our profession. And they like some of the folks are skeptical that that kind of happens. And, 
And also, we're talking about, I think the person only saw them, I think that was their third time, second or third time that they saw this person. My hunch is, is that they had like a bad fit right off the bat, and then they called around and got a hold of me, you know, that maybe they got other people that didn't get back to them. And then, um, and then they came in, but everything is confirmed on that last session. And, you know, obviously that therapist probably felt um, <laughs> the the term in the industry, not the industry, but the humanity would be called butthurt, that that was going on, or somehow offended. So anyways, it happens to us therapists. I really hope I don't ever respond like, I mean, that was next level. But, but you come into therapy, right? And you've written down your problem, whatever it happens to be. And then the therapist seems to be talking about something else. Um, one of the things you can do as a client is you can say, I don't understand why we're talking about. It. I mean, I don't get it. Like the therapist might actually be shocked. So be prepared for that because meaning that they, they might feel like you're confronting them um, because it's so obvious to them. Right. <laughs> so like, of course, we're talking about the entire uh, like like the company of Pepsi because you've talked about soda. no. I was talking about Dr. Pepper and they don't even own, they're not, they're their own thing, you know, or whatever. I don't, that's random, but, but so you would just say to them, like, I don't understand how, what the link is. I don't get it. Now the therapist is confused. Don't take that personal. They just honestly missed something because we're human. And, um, you say, well, you know, I, when I came in, I wrote, I, I think I wrote down, you know, that I wanted to focus on this, but it seems like we're not focusing on that. And um, that would help the therapist to go, oh, I did not, I did not link this up in my, like I did, I, that was inside my brain and I did not say it out loud or whatever. And it could also be that the therapist is sidetracked on something. You know, we all have our, our, what's the word, like um, different focuses or interests as a, as a counselor, different hook in a way. Like um, I have a lens that I look through most of the time of trauma, I like to try to understand because it because it's easier for me to see kind of in my mind's eye, like how the physiology works. And then also it makes some things more predictable. But if I'm speaking that language and the person's like coming from the perspective that I was not traumatized, my dad just said this, like, why are you talking to me about trauma? You know, like. I'm fine. Everybody goes through this, dude. Everybody got spanked by their by their parent or whatever it is. And I'm saying, and they're hearing me say, like, you're traumatized, you poor little guy, you know, and they don't think so. Um, I have to be able to try to frame that in a way that they can understand what it is, because why am I talking if they don't understand what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And and I think another thing that can happen oftentimes is um, and I'll go back to the example, like the alcohol thing. And it, it's, I guess if I zoom out from that, it's kind of like, you know, every person has probably a few different issues that they could work on in therapy. And one is like most prominent and the other ones are, are maybe ancillary, but they're, they're all connected, obviously. Um, some of them are root issues, uh, what we might call second order change issues. The other ones might be more behavioral kinds of things like, you need to, you know, take better care of yourself, exercise, diet, whatever, sleep. Those would be like first order change kinds of things, just really kind of behavioral sorts of things. Here's a great example. Okay. So wise consumer. Okay. What I mean by that, besides the obvious is they've done some research. They know like they've got this thing that they want to work on. And they also looked up different therapeutic um, interventions that they find that 
that looks like according to some research that they've done that seemed like that they would help, right? Okay, so they come into you and on their intake, they highlight that. And so that you're, you know, you're here you are, just a regular person listening to this, that they have a mom that was always mad with them, a dad that was never there. They have um, a few times that they were hit with a, with a stick when they were growing up. Um, they have uh, times when they fidget more than they want. And like they're basically very, very anxious. And that you've got all these things that you're looking at this as a therapist going like, okay, so there's a lot of history here. It didn't have this person's was pretty alone and pretty anxious. And then it says, what do I want to work on? And they say, um, I would like to stop smoking. And then you're like, <laughs> and they've done research and there's certain things like different cognitive behavioral interventions of like, next time that you walk outside and you go to grab your pocket for a cigarette, remember that you need to go back inside. You don't need that anymore. And you just go back to work. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> right. So in this example, it's like, okay, yeah. So if I'm the therapist and somebody comes in with that, I'm thinking, yes, it's great. We can all we can do the smoking thing. Um, but also, <laughs> why are you not wanting to talk about this stuff over here? Or like, where does what is even your reason for smoking? Like as a therapist, I'm looking at the underlying motivation, the reason, kind of the root cause of that, because uh, I don't want I don't want to just change behavior. I do want to change behavior. But I want to get at the thing that causes the behavior in the first place so that somebody doesn't just change a behavior and then it pops up somewhere else in a different behavior. But if we deal with the root of it, then it's not going to pop up anymore. Right. So in this case, when when a client comes in and they're wanting to talk about smoking and really nothing else, or if it's, you know, this in my example, it's like there's clearly some alcohol stuff going on, but that's not why you're here. And that happens. It happens to me a lot where. Even uh, a client that just came in recently was like, yeah, I saw somebody previously. I didn't really like it that much because everyone wanted to focus on my drinking. And, and and yeah, it's a problem. But they know I've got this trauma over here that I really want to deal with mm -hmm. and not the drinking. But clearly they're connected. Right. So in that case, like it's really important, I think, for you guys to discuss together, client and therapist in your sessions. What is the connection between this? And I have had some of these conversations where I might say, um, hey, I, th I think this uh, other, you know, childhood stuff, if we're talking about smoking, like, hey, mom and dad, there's some stuff from childhood that needs to be looked at or dealt with. Or, um, hey, I think this alcohol thing does relate in this certain way or whatever. Um, and the, when the client, if they were to take your advice and say, I don't understand why we're talking about this, I might give some examples or give some reasons why. But then I want to hear from you, from the client, like, why is this not something you want to talk about? I, w I really try to allow for that and understand it. And most of the time people will say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I know it's an issue. I, I want to cut back on it or I want to deal with that eventually. But this thing over here is really causing me problems and I really need to focus on it because it's hurting me. So as a therapist, I'm like, OK, well, if we don't deal with it, it might be an issue in these in these ways or whatever, a little bit of informed consent. But then I'll usually go with them. If it's not a major issue, like, you know, hey, it seems like you're suicidal. And they're like, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> That's a problem. Like, no, we need to talk about that. 
But if it's something else that's not really uh, causing major problems like that, like drinking and driving, for example, we need to deal with that. But if they're just, you know, drinking at home or whatever, I can let that go knowing, okay, we're, I'm going to put a flag on this and we're, we'll have to come back around to it. Because usually, eventually, if we can get to that, the thing that you want to focus on, at some point, this other issue will start to hurt more. You know, it's like your, your thumb doesn't hurt. Uh, your throbbing thumb doesn't hurt when you've uh, kicked with your big toe a table in front of you. All of a sudden, your throbbing thumb feels fine. But when that toe, big toe, stops hurting, all of a sudden you realize the pain of your thumb again. And you're like, oh, I need to go to the doctor and deal with this. Overall, what you're going for is the idea of something being straightforward. Because what happens is, is that sometimes maybe you come in, client, with this issue, and to you it's very straightforward. And, but to the therapist, it's not straightforward. It's completely complicated in some ways. And so... Like one of the things that Aaron would be saying in that, in another way to say it in this language would be, well, okay, you, you are seeing that, that really in order for you to stop drinking, you're going to have to work on these, these issues. So for you, it's not straightforward that you just simply stop drinking. You're like, well, if I don't deal with this, I'm never going to stop drinking. And Aaron's like, okay, like I can see what you're saying. And it doesn't really, I mean, you're not in a situation of like, Maybe, maybe you are psychologically dependent, but you're not physiologically dependent. That's another episode, by the way. But the goal and where you're trying to get is that both of you, uh, yourself and the therapist, agree that with this particular issue, whatever it is, is straightforward. So you work through the other trauma or whatever that's infecting the alcoholism, and then it, gets, it lands at the point of going, Okay, well, I guess it is at this point pretty straightforward that you just have to drink less because there's no reason to do it. You're literally doing it out of habit at this point. It has nothing to do with some emotional pain. So with that, we hope that was straightforward. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 